this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. May the Force be with you always. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? fans welcome to another episode of the jedi temple archives podcast i'm your host rob and we are recording this episode on sunday december 26th 2021 all right so we are back on the air after a long break and uh to help me kind of usher the podcast back in and reopen the archives i have enlisted the aid of two of my favorite chuckleheads charles and pat from the conversations podcast guys thank you so much for coming on today to talk a little book of boba fett Thank you very much for having us on, and uh, we are both tremendously excited, not only to hear that uh, you're back in the audio stream, but uh, to help you come back in to have chosen us. So thank you very much for that. I have, to be honest, I haven't seen Book of Boba Fett, so <laughs> I'm not sure what you I You can just fly by the seat of your pants, just like a typical run on the Falcon, so... I think we'll be okay, yeah. Uh, Tom, unfortunately, could not join us. He has been off on vacation, a well-deserved vacation. Uh, with his wife Michelle so uh, we'll look forward to having him back here shortly but yeah we're just a few days out from the start of Book of Boba Fett uh, which is probably why Pat hasn't seen it yet and uh, (laughs) we have been treated to uh, several teasers and trailers however that have kind of alluded to uh, some of what we may see I I, my understanding is I think most of it is all from the first episode uh, with regard to the footage that we've seen but uh, you know, I think from that we can kind of draw a few conclusions. And is there anything that particularly stands out to you guys from the trailers with regard to uh, what we should expect to see in season one? Well, uh, actually, we watched the trailer on the Disney Plus trailer on what Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And um, I had mentioned that there's a voice, there's a pretty distinct voice towards the beginning of the trailer. And I think that it's in Jaren's voice, and I think that it makes sense to kind of have him, you know, since Boba was was in the Mandalorian, to kind of have some some Dinjarin presence in the Book of Boba. Yeah, I would like ex- hand off. Yeah, I would have expected uh, that would be a pretty typical way for them to kind of make that transition from Mando to. Book of Boba Fett, I know there has been some rumor out there that we may see Grogu 
uh, somehow make an appearance within Book of Boba Fett. I don't know how I feel about that. I uh, Certainly from a Disney standpoint. <laughs> certainly from a Disney standpoint. And Pat, Pat is making sure that we all get a good look at his shirt. Uh, <laughs> the the Grogu in front of the Christmas tree in the full Santa outfit. It's, it's quite appropriate for the season. But yeah, I mean, uh, Grogu was a huge marketing win. For Disney uh, with regard to the Mandalorian I would not be surprised to see them kind of dovetail him into Book of Boba uh, but I think Din Djarin is is probably a more uh, logical I guess uh, choice for for them to kind of have that crossover given that they're both got that distinctive Mando armor I think one of the things that I took from the trailer is that there's a familiarity with obviously the setting and where he is uh, but the almost the fine chess match that he may have to play with all of these different characters even though he's got fennec at his side um there's going to be strife and if it is sort of like a godfather style or gangster style association with the underworld that could not only be brought with uh pitfalls it could also introduce other characters that we all know and love and especially with boba's uh history uh, as sort of a ringleader but also you know very commonly you know, very comfortable with associations with other bounty hunters. This could prove very, very interesting. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that uh, the underworld angle is going to be a cool kind of switch for Disney in terms of what we typically have seen in the past. Uh, certainly, they have uh, shown a very diverse cast of aliens. Uh, we've seen Twi'leks, we've seen Clatoonians, we've seen uh, uh, Gamorrean guards back in in action, still guarding Boba. Um, Certainly, I, th- I think it's interesting with that uh, that little cut scene that we got at the end of, or the bonus scene that we got at the end of the last episode of Mando, uh, with Din basically taking over Jabba's palace from um, a certain Twi'lek major domo that uh, we all know and love, and who and who apparently has uh, gained a few pounds during the COVID pandemic as well. Hey, listen, it's that uh, quarantine fifteen fifty. <laughs> I think that's that's about appropriate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see kind of where they take this. Uh, certainly, this is not the path that Boba took within Legends. Uh, he did escape the Sarlacc pit, but went back into bounty hunting. And certainly in this particular instance, he seems to want to get out of that business. He's tired of being a henchman. He wants to be running the show. Well, I think it's important to note that he um, had formed the Crates Claw Bounty Hunter Syndicate on Tatooine uh, back, you know, obviously back um, before the events of the uh, original trilogy and, and, of course, when he met his supposed end in the Sarlacc. Uh, but, yeah, so he, he had created that where he enlisted the the talents of, like, Bosk and Dengar, and, um, and they were actually part of the um, attempted rescue party for Quinlan Voss. Um, uh, at the um, at the behest of uh, venture, yeah, mm. that's actually a, a whole nother uh, story and, and a whole nother deep dark hole to go into in terms of this, the tales of Quinlan Voss, who was one of the Jedi that escaped the Jedi Purge. Um, but uh, yeah, with regard to what we have seen in uh, the Mando trailers, it looks like certainly we're going to have that setting of, of Jabba's palace. And one of the interesting tidbits that they have shown in the trailer. Uh, and it actually ties into what we saw in Return of the Jedi with the the Bomar monks, which are those spider mm-hmm. creatures that you see crawling around 
And prior to Jabba actually taking over that palace as his own, that was a Bomar monastery. Um, so those Bomar monks were actually uh, monks that basically wanted to get rid of all physical sensation uh, so that their minds were able to more attune with the, uh, with the universe and gain total enlightenment. So they essentially would have their brains removed and placed in this nutrient jar uh, and when they wanted to move around, they would use these uh, spider droids, essentially. So you do see those spider <laughs> droids in the background in uh, Return of the Jedi. We get to see one of them within uh, one of those trailers. And that's kind of a cool uh, deep cut for, uh, you know, like hardcore Star Wars fans. And I know that there's a lot of people who are more casual Star Wars fans that always kind of wondered what those were in the background. Uh, so those are those Bomar monks and Jabba would would uh, let them stay in the palace because he kind of enjoyed the sick and twisted means by which they had uh, <laughs> essentially cast off their physical bodies. I think those Bomar monks, and I didn't know what they were. Pat told me about them. And then when we watched it again on uh, Christmas Eve there, and we sort of talked a little bit more about it and how interesting those those beings are, those creatures. And then the callbacks, like you said, Rob. What else? What I love about it, too, is that that's like one of the essentially one of the first things you see in the trailer and hitting that character, I'm sorry, that, that creature so early for me sets the tone of this is going to be another, uh, not a, uh, you know, not a um, uh, fan service, but it's going to be a deep dive into what that Star Wars lore is while still making hopefully a great story that John Favreau and Dave Filoni did with The Mandalorian, where they pepper these really cool deep cuts in there but still make that world so rich. And, you know, Barbara Rodriguez is uh, directing some, all, I'm not quite I'm sure how many episodes right. he's doing, but if he's taking that approach for this series, it's, it's so exciting, you know, going into it, knowing that they're going to be paying attention to those details again. Yeah. I think that's interesting too, because he was the director of the, uh, the tragedy episode from uh, season two, which is basically the one where, Grogu gets kidnapped by Gideon, and uh, and that really is one of those episodes where we really get to see Boba in a very physical, you know, battle battle scenes. Uh, so it would make sense that uh, Rodriguez would be involved. I know that was not not necessarily one of the uh, strongest episodes maybe they had in season two in a lot of people's minds. So I I think it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see. Um, how Rodriguez goes with this book of Boba Fett, uh, the episodes that he's directing there. But I think, you know, given the fact that it's going to be a, a completely different feel of a show, uh, not so much focused on, you know, the the quest of, of the Mando and Din Djarin, but Boba really kind of recreating himself uh, and basically deciding to, to be the guy running the show and having Fennec Shan there as his enforcer, uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what direction they go with this. And, and I love the fact that this is kind of what they're doing with a lot of the new Star Wars content. We've got this whole underworld aspect to this show. You got Cassian when that finally comes out that's going to deal more with the, you know, spying and espionage type uh, aspect of things. You got Kenobi coming out, which is a story I think everyone wants to to get into. Uh, so they're they're putting out a lot of Star Wars, but it's not all the same flavor of Star Wars. And I think that's really going to help them. Uh, in the years to come. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the um, the episode that uh, Robert Rodriguez had um, directed, and that's kind of what brought me back to Boba, to being a fan of his. Um, because I, I thought that he was overrated. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I thought that like the legends had kind of overcompensated in trying to trying to explain how cool he was, and I just wasn't buying it. And then seeing this, I was like, "Yeah, all right, I'm I'm down. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm absolutely invested in this." <laughs> so I think that you know that kind of being able to to bring around people's minds that thought the way I did. Uh, is I mean it's a huge selling point for for him as a director and 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 for the character. Yeah, I I think that's a great point. I think that uh, you know while in the prequel trilogy we do get to see uh, Jango Fett go head to head with Obi Wan Kenobi and and get the better of him in some ways, uh, and the fact that he in a, you know clearly had a reputation as being able to to stand up against the Jedi, uh, we never really get to see that with Boba. Um, it's it's usually him outwitting people who are non-Jedi characters. So uh, to actually get a chance to see Boba kind of really shine, uh, see some of his physical skills, see what he's able to do, and, uh, and to kind of believe that he is every bit the bounty hunter that Jango Fett was. Um, and now we're actually going to see maybe he's a little bit smarter than his father was. He seems to have the ability to to run the show and not just be a pawn in the game. Uh, and mm-hmm. certainly I think he's got his hands full. I mean, it's been a number of years since Jabba's <laughs> demise. Uh, I believe this is still set in that same general time frame as Mando. Uh, so you've had five years of uh, Bib Fortuna running the show. You've got all these uh, <laughs> local criminalized uh, crime bosses that have popped up here and there, right? So they're all used to, to not having Jabba at the top of the food chain anymore, uh, and he's going to have to establish himself. We got Pat just cracking up in the background. I'm trying not I, to. I just can't wait to see when Disney releases the the series of Bib Fortuna running the show, or or uh, Blob Fortuna, as I've heard him referred to. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, how ridiculous is that? <laughs> now, of course, it's legendary how. You know, quickly, I adopted and was an ad- early adopter of the Clone Wars, and you guys weren't. Um, but uh, <laughs> wow, nice try. <laughs> nice no, try. I, I think that you know the Clone Wars, and we've all talked about it many times before. How wonderful of a series that is, and that really does give a, a really deep dive on Boba's character. Yeah. Um, between you know the live actions and that, I think the last episode that he was featured in, where he's running the show, he's like a you know mid to late teen. Bounty hunter, and he's got Dengar, I mean, Embo's around in there, he's got uh, Bosk, and he's running this uh, bounty for this uh, these creatures. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, well, at this point, actually, not of course, it's a um, Asajj Ventress yeah. uh, during her trials and tribulations ends up sort of tacking on with them and uh, to fulfill the bounty. And she, of course, is as usual, kick ass, and um, she uses the force on Boba and like you were talking just a few seconds ago, Rob, about, you know, how he does against non-force users. He doesn't exactly end up in the best of positions at this point, but he's a fighter and he never gives up. His tenacity really does shine through from obviously the tragedy that he had to witness with, uh, with Jango and, you know, and that comes down to his appearance in the Mandalorian. He's trying to get his armor. That's what his goal was. That was one of the rights that he felt that he needed Sorry, one of the wrongs that he felt that he needed to write. Hey, that's my armor. That's my drive right now. And then while there with his armor, he got embroiled in this larger story. So how they've brought that forward as that character 
certain character traits he has is a wonderful way of weaving him back in the series. And I agree with Pat 100%. The, the tragedy episode, you know, for probably 50% of the fandom was like, okay, that was a cool Mandalorian episode for Pat and I and probably many others. Oh, my God, that was an awesome Boba Fett show. That yeah. was fantastic, <laughs> you know? Like the, the the story shifts because of what he was able to transform himself from how we knew Boba Fett into the character that he's now become and where we're at today with the book of Boba Fett about to drop. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I mean, it really was almost kind of like a, a test episode for seeing if something like a book of Boba Fett would fly uh, mm-hmm. with him really being featured so much in that episode. And you're, you make an excellent point about the fact that, uh, yeah, in the Clone Wars, we do see Boba Fett running his own crew, essentially. Uh, and the fact that he was able to do that at a very young age uh, in a way that that he was definitely in command of that group. Um, and they all looked up to him and respected him. So, you know, there's a lot to be said. There is precedent for him being able to run an organization, uh, certainly an underworld organization. He's going to be able to uh, kind of find that mix of the violence that is necessary when you're challenged and then the smarts when you're actually running the operation as a whole. Mm-hmm. Now I know yeah. there were I, I know there were some people that said that they saw the Falcon in one of the trailer episodes. I have not. I think it was uh, like a, a space cruiser head-on look, and people were misinterpreting that as the Falcon. But uh, uh-huh. I have not seen the Falcon in any of the trailers to date. Uh, I may be missing it. Who knows? But I didn't know if either of you had seen anything that alluded to that in any of the trailers that you had watched. No, those people that saw that probably have hibernation sickness. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, it's interesting because in the trailer, Boba does say that he intends to not rule with fear as Jabba did, but with respect. So, you know, like you were saying, Rob, how he how, you know, Jabba had that, you know, reverence, I guess, for the Bomar monks. He. I think will take over and and be more fair, kind of more just and then through his example, be, be a leader among the underworld. Yeah. Well, I, Lord knows we know we've all heard the quote, you know, I intend to Jabba ruled with fear. I intend to rule res, with respect. And, uh, there's still going to have to be some fear. I, I don't think you keep oh, yeah. the underworld element in line <laughs> just through respect alone. By uh, saying yes, sir. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's basically the, uh, a wretched hive of, of, uh, scum and villainy. So, uh, you're going to have people that are going to challenge you. I certainly think that between him and Fennec, uh, they can handle most comers. Uh, certainly, this is a chance for Fennec Sean to to shine as well. Um, and we've already seen that in some of the trailers. So I'm excited to kind of see where they go with her character. And for him to reiterate, you know, in that tragedy episode, you know, I'm a simple man trying to make my way in the universe like uh, his father did. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be taking the passive stance like we've just been talking about. Yeah. You know, uh, with respect and all that, that could very easily be a ploy to bring someone in and, you know, make them think they're in in his confidences when they're not. And that's an ultimate play for, you know, a leader or gangster leader wannabe. And that type of subtlety for me makes it even more exciting because I don't believe that was coming from a good place. I believe that was coming from a place that's going to put him in a in a uh, position of superiority or power. And what ensues after that is can only be exciting. Right. Yeah, I think one of the other things that they have uh, mentioned uh, in some of the articles that I've seen is that they're going to actually finally feature Tashi Station. We're actually going to get a uh, a view of Tashi Station. So 
Uh, if oh, anyone's man. looking with for power converters, chain issues though. Right. I hope, Short on power I hope they've still got some. <laughs> now, the other thing that they have shown in the in the trailer are uh, some of the swoop gangs, which is. If you read a lot of the the Legends books, um, certainly one of those things that you see a lot with criminal elements around the galaxy. Um, we've seen Din riding some swoops, uh, which are very similar to speeder bikes uh, back in the Mandalorian, especially in season two, uh, although some in season one as well. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see that particular element on Tatooine specifically. One of the Christmas gifts that Pat got me right oh here. Oh boy. here, which is the TV guide. <laughs> Uh, featuring the Book of Boba Fett and other Star Wars series is coming. Um, they talked about how, um, you know, Robert Rodriguez uh, is directing some of the episodes, but they mentioned that it was, um, you know, of the first season of the Book of Boba Fett, the way they characterized that, I I was under the assumption this was like a special run, and here's six episodes or whatever, and uh, away you go, and that's the end of it. But if the TV guide is meant to be believed, this could be the start of multiple seasons, which would be fantastic. Right, right. Yeah, I think it's all going to depend on how it's uh, taken by the fans and, and kind of how it's accepted. But uh, certainly there's a, a large element of people out there who are fans of Boba Fett. Um, certainly the reason why I think they expanded his character a lot in Legends is because he was really supposed to just kind of be a, a background character uh, within the films. Although there was at one point the thought that Boba Fett was going to be the main villain in episode uh in episode five, uh, Empire Strikes Back, uh, when Lucas was originally playing around with the idea for the show, but uh, he kind of got away from that and, and decided to make it be Vader um, because the Emperor really kind of comes into the picture as the, the big bad in uh, episode six. But it would have been interesting uh, had they gone that route with Boba Fett. I think uh, maybe he would have been a better developed character at that point, but they certainly go through the process of developing him within Legends. They certainly are committed to developing him within these shows on Disney Plus. I'm hopeful that we're going to get to see a flashback to his escape of the Sarlacc, um, which I think would be very cool. One of the things I do notice in a lot of the trailers is they show him in what has to be a personal Bacta uh, tank, uh, which is kind of in the backdrop in some of the shots that he's getting dressed in. And there's also a really cool callback to a Ralph McQuarrie uh, concept design which is like a spider-like droid uh, with a really kind of flat uh, pancaked head that's handing him some of his armor. And that was uh, a creature that that uh, Ralph McQuarrie, who did a lot of the conceptual cool. designs for a lot of Star Wars uh, elements that we've seen both in the films and uh, <laughs> certainly more recently within some of these TV shows, um, you know, they're still pulling from drawings that he did back in the 70s and bringing some of those creatures to life. And that is certainly an indication that they are dedicated to really honoring, um, you know, the, the tradition of what of what Lucas was doing in creating Star Wars. Pat's just so shaking cool. his head. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm so excited. Well, you know, I'm, I, I love all the Macquarie art and and all of the callbacks that, that John Favreau has done. Um, throughout the Clone Wars and then into, um, oh, I mean, in uh, Mandalorian and Dave Favre, uh, Dave Filoni has done in the, um, hey, listen, I've been up all night. Okay. Yeah, you have. Um, and uh, <laughs> the Dave Filoni has done in the Clone Wars and in Rebels and just, just all of the similar things that, that have been tweaked for the, the original trilogy and everything that they've kind of brought out in a different way for these, for these other projects that's really just, uh, just, just, 
shows their love of the franchise and and of um of what they do and it translates on screen beautifully yeah well and i think i think as well that you know they do have access to to some degree to lucas i know they brought him in uh to do some consulting on mandalorian and that certainly shined through in what they produce but going back to those macquarie sketches i mean those were done macquarie would sit directly with lucas and lucas would basically just brain dump everything that he had thought and macquarie would go off and do sketches and come back and lucas would say no tweak this this isn't quite what i expected so these sketches are are a window into the mind of george lucas from back in the 70s when he was really in his ultra creative mode of coming up with this without all of the distractions of the company and the success of the film so this is, uh, you know, the purest vision of what he had for Star Wars. And if you're looking to make something with Star Wars that hasn't been done before, there's plenty of unused art uh, that just never made it into any of the films. And that's a way that they can maintain the integrity of the universe and uh, and ensure that they are kind of lockstep with what Lucas was thinking. <clears throat> when uh, we were doing our uh, Ralph McQuarrie episode, there's a uh, special that you can watch on YouTube. It's broken up, I think, into seven parts. It's like a tribute to uh, Ralph McQuarrie and his art. And there was a story about um, one of the artists who was working on, at the time, Clone Wars. And they were conceptualizing an upcoming episode. And they were talking about a ship or some sort of thing, right? And we were, we were sort of struggling how we're going to make this look. And then one morning, Dave comes in and he puts down this sketch, a Ralph McQuarrie sketch from the archives that he went, you know, whatever, the night before right. and went through and rifled through something and found a sketch and put it on the guy's desk, and that was the launching point for this thing what they were working on. And that's like you said, Rob. They have he has access to all that stuff, and that's the spirit with which they're going to build this world. Um, and we hope again then with Andor and then Kenobi, uh, it's you're building on the foundation of what started it all, and that can only visually at least uh, make for a phenomenal sh- uh, show. Yeah, it's like having uh, Lucas's brain in a jar. Just send the spider droid to go get it. <laughs> <laughs> with this Diet Coke. See what we did there. See what we did there? We had a little call back there. <laughs> Spider droid wearing a flannel Ooh, shirt. <laughs> and a well manicured beard. There we go. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. So, yep. Yeah, so any other thoughts or, uh, or hopes or dreams that you guys have for Book of Boba Fett uh, and what you'd like to see here this week? I'll let Pat go because he's about to burst the seams anyways. I think he just has to use the restroom. I, I, I do. <laughs> Been a long night. Um, I think that Boba's definitely going to see some, he's going to come into contact with some CD characters. Some, some less than above board folk. And I really hope that one of them is a certain Weequay pirate. <laughs> that we can finally see in live action. Yeah. No. I really I really hope I really hope that even in a hollow or something that that we get just a, just a little bit of Hondo. <laughs> Your auntie's Hondo bit. don't want none unless you got Boba hun. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. Oh, so oh we, that would be fantastic. We want, so we want to see a little Hondo. Uh, I, I would have to say, look, I, I know there's a lot of question of who's going to be the antagonist uh, throughout this season, and Cad Bane's name has been brought up 
uh, as as a wish list item for a lot of Star Wars fans. So as a Cad Bane aficionado, uh, I certainly hope, yeah, yeah, that uh, that giant dent in Boba's helmet uh, is attributed to uh, a drawn-out battle that he had with Cad Bane, uh, which a lot of people are not familiar with. Thank you, Pat, for that uh, reminder as he uh, was making the <laughs> reference by pointing to his Mandalorian helmet. Uh, but I think Cad Bane is certainly a character, if you've watched Clone Wars, that uh, certainly can go up against just about anyone and give them all he can handle uh, and would be a great antagonist. I don't know how likely we are to get him, um, mm. but that would be, even if he just makes an appearance, that would be awesome. Just like Hondo, uh, certainly an iconic character within the Star Wars universe that a lot of people who are only familiar with the films just wouldn't really know about, uh, and I feel sad for them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but be. the same thing happened with Ahsoka, you know, where they, they took that risk in, in Mandalorian. Well, I say risk, but come on. <laughs> um, in, in Mandalorian, and the people that didn't know her got to know her. Yeah. So, I mean, and, it's possible. And with Boba's history, with all the characters, you know, that he's worked with, coming to contact with, what we've seen on screen and potentially off screen with the secondary tertiary connections that are made even back to you know to kira to a certain degree um you could have sort of like a rogues gallery of of baddies coming in and i mean i think cad bane would be fantastic first of all love that character such a cool one and uh you know aspirations for leadership and being the dominant male or the alpha male uh in the room certainly would lead him against boba um so that would be a really cool uh play against him but uh there's so many potential characters that could just you know pop in for an episode or two and help out and then and back out again it would be like you know mind-blowing for each one and that's one thing that robert rodriguez has said in the press at some point where that each episode uh, leaves like a mind-blowing experience so get ready for a ride so that's that's exciting <laughs> i do i do have to quick aside the uh this point in the trailer where you've got the the very bright skinned twi'lek uh talking to boba and being very obsequious with him and then he turns and leaves, and Boba's like, "Keep your eyes on that one." <laughs> you know, yeah. that's that is going to be the life that he's getting into. He's going to have people that are all going to be talking sugar to him, uh, and they're going to be the uh-huh. ones you got to worry about because they're the ones plotting behind the scenes to overthrow you. So, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be it's going to be a completely different uh, side of Boba. We're going to really get to see his smarts more at work, uh, but. I also love the fact that we've already seen some indications in the trailers that he is going to be using the entire array of weaponry in that Mandalorian armor. Yep. We get to see a little wrist rocket action. Uh, you know, they make a point of really focusing on his uh, on his knee armor with the with the blasters mounted on the side. So I'm I'm <laughs> hopeful that we really get to see uh, a full array of Mandalorian weaponry uh, come, come into play within the series. Listen, they're proving that he's the most badass bounty hunter in the galaxy. So, you know, you're not going to be the biggest and the baddest without some some pretty awesome arsenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another and reason. Got in for another you. reason to bring in Cad Bane. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> you want that title? You better earn it, buddy. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Apparently, everyone was afraid of Bib Fortuna for a while, so uh, now that he's out of the picture. <laughs> Blob. Blob Fortuna. Come on. 
<laughs> oh man! <laughs> and there's going to be Kwaki and monkey lizards everywhere. That's my uh, that's my final prediction. And they're delicious. We, I can't wait. We may to even get to see Bob. Oh, could you imagine? I I I feel as though that needs to be a snack. Kawaki monkey lizard jerky. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) It's one of them. Already jerky like (laughs) (laughs) jerkish. (laughs) All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Um. Thanks for having us. Oh, of course. (laughs) Is it Friday yet? (laughs) Oh, I already asked. I already asked my wife that this morning. Unfortunately, no. Oh. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and talking a little book of Boba Fett. Uh, we're certainly going to have a lot more to talk about in the weeks to come as the show gets underway. Uh, and hopefully we have a, a slate of awesome shows coming in 2022. Um, I know they've already started to come out with some of the Mandalorian uh, season three trailers as well. So uh, I guess we're going to find out if it's possible to have too much Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and my opinion on that is as well, as long as it's done well, I don't think you can ever have too much Star Wars, especially if you've got a variety of different kind of genres of it uh which is what it looks like they're coming out with pat Pat can't even understand the idea of too much star wars (laughs) i my brain hurts a little bit um but i mean if they can do it with marvel i can't get to it with solo exactly yeah Yeah. putting out like five six movies a year come on Completely agree. Completely agree. So why don't you guys tell the yeah. listeners where they can find you guys and the Conversations podcast? <laughs> Pat doesn't do socials. He has no idea. <laughs> he just knows the <laughs> <laughs> He knows what the he knows what the information is. He's never been on any of it. <laughs> right. I, I'm told that we're on Twitter and <laughs> currently Skype. Um, uh, I <laughs> I think that um, uh, okay, so we we do have a uh, we have a uh, a flagship our our conversations dot com uh, that's our, our that's our main hub. Uh, we also have a link tree that I guess goes to all of our stuff, but I don't know how that works, and I fear technology. So um, we have a Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash conversations, at Twitter, at Suasions, and we have an Instagram page or feed or post or something with um, conversations on that one as well. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're with this lovable lug on the uh, Red 5 uh, podcast network as well. Definitely plenty of uh, great podcasts out there on the Red 5 Network. I believe you can also be, uh, you guys can also be found on uh, MySpace. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> our, our email is uh, computer. <laughs> Two lonely guys at MySpace.com. <laughs> <laughs> Chuckleheads uh, at uh, GeoCities.com. Oh, oh God. GeoCities. Oh, man. Uh, we're, you can instant message us on can, America Can online. people email you? They can. Maybe. Conversations at gmail.com. They there can, you go. Actually. There you go. Yeah. And if and, you, uh, oh, yep. I was going to say, yeah, we have um, a uh, fire sale going on at Zazzle. Um, <laughs> and I say fire sale because not because it's uh, the sale's about to end, it's because currently it's the design is still up and hasn't been taken down yet. So uh, who knows how long that's going to last? Yeah. By the time this airs, it could be gone. The eternal yeah. plight, the eternal plight of any Star Wars podcast that wants to put any kind of fun Star Wars type content out there uh it'll it'll last for a day a week a month 
Uh, I believe my Darth Narwhal shirt, I sold three of them before it got taken down. Uh, I'm not really sure why they're trying to quash uh, great creative Star Wars ideas. Exactly. He's not canon. Goodbye. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, if you're looking for us here at JTA Podcast, uh, you can find us at jtapodcast.com. You can find us uh, out on Twitter at JTA Podcast. Uh, You can find us on Pinterest, JTA Podcast. And you can find us via our email at jtapodcast at gmail.com. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it. Uh, Again, thank you guys so much for coming on. Thanks to all of you listeners out there. And may the force be with you.